When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast video edition and special. Big Ten Tournament edition for basketball. Nobody better to bring in under those circumstances than Brian Bush, the play-by-play man for Michigan basketball. And Brian, welcome back to the podcast on uh, day one of the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, Glad to be here, John. Thanks for having me. Well, interesting situation, certainly for Michigan. They have fought so hard to uh, get to where they are to uh, pull off that enormous win against Ohio State on uh, Sunday to, in most people's eyes, put them into the NCAA tournament. And yet there's that feeling like you don't want to risk dropping the first game of, of the Big Ten tournament. Your thoughts on Michigan coming off that Ohio State win and um, heading into uh, into this where they're going to be knocking heads with uh, – Indiana on Thursday. Yeah, I've been steadfast in saying four wins since the Juwan Howard suspension would allow Michigan fans to relax on Selection Sunday. Um, That, for me, was always the mark. Three wins, especially with the fact that Michigan got a road quad one against Ohio State, I think they'd be in. But remember, I mean, you think back to the the storylines and and what the national conversation was around Michigan over these last five games. They beat Rutgers. Hey, they're back in. They lose to Illinois. Ooh, they're in some trouble. Got to find a way to have a big week. Then you crush Michigan State, and it's like, okay, well, they should be fine. And then I heard a lot of people saying that Michigan was probably out or at least very much on the bubble if, uh, if you know, after they lost to Iowa. So, I mean, if you lose – the first game of the day on Thursday to Indiana, a team that's now I think Michigan's resume, even if they lose Indiana is better than, than Indiana's, but you know, they could go on a run. What if they rattle off two more and get to the finals and then lose? Uh, And I think the other element to this is you also want to, you're trying, you're trying to get out of Dayton too. That's into the NCAA tournament, but this is a team with a bunch of talent. I don't care what seed they are. They want to win. They they think they can make a run and be this year's UCLA. So there's there's a lot of value in not just getting in, but avoiding that first four because that's one rung closer to where this team wants to go. So uh, I think if they beat Indiana, uh, I think people can you know rest easy going into Selection Sunday. If they lose. I think it's a nervous few days. I think they'll get in, but they might have to play a seventh game if they want to win it all. Right. All right. Well, we will uh, 
We will get into the matchup with Indiana momentarily, but first, I I would be remiss if we didn't dive into a different topic uh, heading into this first game because it will be the first game back for one Juwan Howard. Your thoughts first on what he was going through that entire time as he was watching very capably Phil Martelli and his assistant coaches uh, guide the Wolverines through that three and two record during that time, but also what it's going to be like to, for him to step back uh, onto those sidelines and take over uh, in that Indiana game. Yeah, it's fascinating. I'm very curious how he will, you know, speak about it, how he will go about it. Uh, I know it had been reported that he talked to every player um, and every member of the program on Monday after he had officially been reinstated. Um, which I think is an important step. And he's always talked about being, you know, having a program that, um, you know, that, that is open, that we can have conversations and stuff along those lines. So I think that was the, the obvious. Um, I, I think what I'm probably most curious about is how the players are going to respond. I think this is really an opportunity for, for this team to play with their, with their hair on fire and come out for their coach. Listen, it was a warranted suspension. He, he should have been suspended for multiple games. He was. Um, it was a very, very bad thing that happened. But you saw in the moment how the players came to the side of their head coach. They they love Juwan Howard. The That is reciprocated from, from the head coach. Um, they're going to come out, and I think they're going to have an energy and an enthusiasm of, hey, you know, we've proven we can win without Juwan Howard. We've proven we can win in Columbus without Hunter Dickinson. Uh, we've proven we can hang with teams when we're going through COVID pauses um, or coming out of COVID pauses, I should say. So uh, this team has had to endure a lot of unique challenges that we all thought last season was going to be the one that had a lot of unique, uh, you know, ebbs and flows to it. Uh, this one certainly has too. So, you know, I, I think, I think coach Howard will handle it. Well, I think he's ready to go. I'm sure he's chomping at the bit. Um, and I know that he, he really was, was, you know, you think back to that big 10 tournament last year when he was ejected against Maryland. Um, and I know that he was very much um, upset at himself for, for getting kicked out of that game. Um, you basically multiply that by 10, right? He missed a half. Uh, this is missing 10 halves um, in a legitimate NCAA tournament type of a run where, you know, Michigan was on the bubble when he left. Uh, they're still on the bubble though. I think on the right side of it right now, when he comes back, uh, so it will be fascinating to watch. But I, I think in particular, uh, listen, it's an 11.30 a.m. game, but I don't think that Michigan team is going to come out flat. I think they're going to be rearing to go. You talk about the the players and the, that emotional element to it. Do you think that there could be any kind of uh, a technical element that might change? You've had the head coach sitting back watching uh, his team for – for five games, and do you think that during that time there might be things, uh, a small thing here or there that he picks up that maybe he tweaks because of seeing it from uh, from sitting back like that? What I'll be curious, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I could guess, but I'm not really sure. What I'm curious about is what Juwan Howard and what Michigan learns from that game on Sunday. Because obviously you had to get creative with some of your rotation, some of your maneuvers with players uh, without Hunter Dickinson. And, and, and we all, I think we sometimes forget this going into the tournament. And we're all brutally reminded 
on that first Thursday of the NCAA tournament. Remember, for referees, this is their postseason. And I think a lot of times we get into some ticky-tack fouls and things are a little bit more refereed by the books. Um, it's more you know, neutral atmospheres. It's not the, the, you know, the uniqueness of college basketball at these classic venues. It's, you know, in a very uh, neutrally painted uh, laid, laid out arena in Indianapolis or Fort Worth or wherever it's going to be. Um, so what if Hunter Dickinson is in foul trouble? Um, what if Musa Diabate is in foul trouble? How does Michigan deploy their group? How do they potentially go small? Do, you know, how do they incorporate a guy like a Jaron Folds who played two minutes? Uh, does Kobe Buff can come in more in a smaller lineup? Hopefully that doesn't happen. But to me, I think that's a reality that Michigan might have to face if they go, you know, deep into this NCAA tournament. Um, I will say, though, you know, this program, I think, was well suited for this unfortunate circumstance. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot that changes in terms of the conversation flow, who's allowed or able to pitch ideas, who feels um, emboldened to speak up about something that they see on film or going into a game. I think that's why Michigan was able to endure these five games and win three big time games. Uh, so I, I don't think there'll be any wholesale changes. Uh, I think there was an understanding and a belief that if something like this had to happen, you know, people were probably thinking it might be because of COVID, not necessarily suspension, that Michigan would have been prepared and ready to go. Um, and I think we, I said it on to you last time. Michigan had the best backup quarterback in the league. They had Phil Martelli. Uh, that's a heck of a guy to go to, 400-plus wins. Uh, so I don't think there's going to be any huge changes other than, you know, we're going to hear. The one thing I'm confident in hearing the next time Coach Howard speaks is how much he appreciates what his staff did. Very good. Uh, well, let's move on to Indiana. Obviously – this is a team like many, many, like many, many Big Ten teams that have had uh, its ups and downs over the course of the season. Uh, we'll be playing in front of uh, a crowd in the state of Indiana. That doesn't always mean everything because, you know, you've got uh, people from all over the place coming in. But your thoughts on the, this matchup uh, with the Hoosiers? Well, I think it's fascinating in, in getting ready for this game. Uh, Indiana has not beaten a team in front of them in the Big Ten standings since January 20th. That was their landmark win against Purdue. Uh, Rob Finnessy three late. Indiana basketball is back for the 12th time in the last two decades or whatever. Um, and, you know, then Michigan went there on a Sunday afternoon and beat them down. Uh, you know, their two wins were what Maryland and Minnesota, if I recall correctly here in recent games. Now they've played teams close. Don't get me wrong. The last two games were gut wrenching for Indiana. I'm not saying that this is a, this is an easy win for Michigan by any stretch. However, they haven't gotten it done against a team eighth or better in the big 10 in a month and a half, almost two months. So um, Michigan should be a favorite in this game. They should win this game. They have traditionally had success or at least neutralized Trace Jackson Davis. Um, you know, he, he put up 17 and I think it was 17 and eight or 17 and nine in the first meeting this year. And, but you never felt like there was a little surge in the second half from, from Davis. You never felt like he was in command. Like we've seen some of the great players in the Big Ten go on runs against Michigan, Coburn, Davis, Murray. That has really never happened with Davis. And he's done that against some other teams. So, 
Um, I think this is a favorable matchup. Obviously, Indiana is playing. They they do need this win to get into the NCAA tournament. They, they might need two in Indianapolis. Um, but, you know, from John Beeline to Juwan Howard, Michigan's had a lot of success in the openers of this tournament. And we'll see if they can do it again. I, I, I like their chances because Indiana, I've always felt, has been a, a favorable matchup to this team. And, um, you know, certainly history speaks for itself in that regard. And you talk about the matchup. Uh, give us uh, an idea from your viewpoint what the big advantage was for Michigan in that first game. What did they do well that they'll try to replicate in this matchup against the Hoosiers? I mean, you know, that one was – it was pretty thorough. I mean, Michigan, you know, kind of dominated that game. You know, Hunter Dickinson had one of his many really solid performances. And and it was the – you know, it was the first time that, that Michigan had – maybe one of the first times that Michigan had a, a legitimate road Caleb Houston game. We've seen Caleb thrive at home a lot this season. The, the, the home road splits are, I mean, they're, they're pretty staggering. We'll see how the neutral site plays in, but I, I think that game shows you what happens when you have that three point threat that Michigan has needed at times this season uh, and Caleb Houston can deliver it. Uh, that's a heck of a one-two punch. And that's what I think a lot of people just assumed was going to happen when the season began. Uh, we've seen glimpses of it from Caleb, but, you know, he, he made five threes in that game. He was he was great. Um, you, you add that to Hunter Dickinson and, and kind of let Devontae and Eli and Musa do their things where they're affecting the game by not being the primary scorer. I think that's where this all kind of comes together for this team. So, um I don't think it was anything schematically necessarily like obviously, I mean, they're, you know, I'm, I'm downplaying the role of a scout and, and what the coaches do. But my point is this was a lot more in that game about where Michigan excels than it was something particular to Indiana, Michigan, just, they got Hunter Dickinson going. I like the Hunter versus versus trace matchup for Michigan. Uh, and Caleb Houston hit some shots that inside outside game, Indiana couldn't keep up. So, Assuming Michigan wins this game, it would uh, it would be facing Big Ten champion Illinois, which is uh, is a tough assignment for anybody right now. Uh, your thoughts on on the road that that Michigan ha- would have if it wins and trying to get a little bit deeper in this particular tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's funny, right? they're facing in the first game, a team that they have dominated as of late. And if they win, they would face a team that has dominated them as of late. Um, You know, I I thought Michigan in the second meeting figured out how to have offensive success against Illinois. If you look back at at the previous Juwan Howard versus Brad Underwood games, that Michigan was, they they couldn't score the ball. Now, part of that in the first meeting this year was they, they were depleted. Uh, That was right off the COVID pause. Um, But, they figured out how to score. I think if Michigan's going to have the success that they want to have here over the next few weeks, Michigan's not a great defensive team. They can play good defense, but if they're going to win, they've got to be able to, to outscore some, some really good teams. And they have that capability. We saw it against Purdue. We saw it against Michigan state this past week, Iowa at their place. I mean, there are examples, um, but Illinois is, is the team that Michigan hasn't been able to figure out. And I, I'll tell you this. I know Hunter Dickinson would love to get another chance at those Illini. Um, obviously, the first two meetings have not gone well for Michigan. Hunter only played in, in the second game. Uh, but 
you know, there's been a lot of jawing back and forth, you know, between these two programs on the floor, off the floor. Uh, that would be one heck of a matchup. Everyone was, everyone was hoping, I think, well, at least a lot of people were hoping for a, a, a Michigan-Wisconsin uh, rematch. I, I prefer this. I want to – even though, right, I will admit, I think Michigan have a better chance of beating Wisconsin than Illinois just, you know, if you, if you play it 100 times out. But if, if this team really wants to and, and can make a run in March, boy, a win over Illinois – that would spark this team, I think, a heck of a lot more than maybe a win over any other team in this tournament. So for me, you either get the chance at them and lose, and you got a few days to, to lick your wounds, and you say, hey, you know what? Hopefully we don't face them in the tournament. Or you win that game, and then the entire Big Ten bracket opens up for you. And I think that gives you a ton of confidence to where you can say, listen, we, you know, we were uh, outgunned and, and outmatched at their place. Uh, we figured them out from a, a, our offense versus their defense standpoint, the second meeting. And then the third time we, it was a charm. We put it all together. Uh, I don't think there's a single team that Michigan could beat in this tournament that would give them more oomph for the next tournament than Illinois. So I, I like seeing them on that spot and uh, we'll, we'll see if we get a chance to watch it on Friday. Great insights there. And I would agree with you on, I, I would prefer to see Illinois uh, for the reasons that you listed Along with, I'm not sure that uh, Michigan necessarily needs the Wisconsin sideshow in uh, in Jawan Howard's second game back. Yep. So, but crystal ball this whole thing for us. I, the Big Ten has just been wild in terms of some of the upsets it's seen. Uh, who do you think is playing the best ball coming into this tournament? Who do you think has the best chance uh, to be playing on Sunday? Boy, it's I. I'd say Iowa if they didn't have that extra game. Um, I think I think Iowa has a chance to make a run out of the top. Um, it, it's tough not to like Purdue just because they didn't get that share. I've, I've heard them be a trendy pick, and I understand why. I I would love to see a Purdue Ohio State quarterfinal. I think the winner of that game has a great chance to make a run. Um, and hey, Illinois won this thing last year, so um, you know they they maybe the motivation isn't as high as it was last season because of, you know, their perceived slight um, on not having enough win percentage points. Um, sorry about you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, listen, the, the league's really good. Uh, most of the time you need that double buy to have a chance. Michigan's really been the only team to, to squash that theory in recent seasons, uh, really in most seasons. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Purdue has a chance. Um, I think Ohio State, if they get past Purdue, has a chance. Um, and, yeah, I mean, listen, if Michigan can beat Illinois, it opens up for them. Just like, just like you know, in, in past seasons when, you know, when Michigan was in this spot, when they had to face that number one seed, whether it was, you know, that Purdue team in 2017 with the plane crash year. Uh, remember the great game against Michigan State in the semis in, in, in MSG in 2018. Um, I mean, it, it's there for them. Um, but you got to play that extra game, uh, and that, that makes it tough. And Michigan hasn't won more than three in a row all season. Why not just do it in March? Like, that works. There you go, and it's it's time. Uh, a lot of back and forth ever since uh, early February for this team in terms of win-loss, win-loss. He's Brian Bush. You can hear him every time Michigan plays from now till the end of the season, and uh, that all starts on Thursday against Indiana. Brian, 
uh, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, we will be tuning in and uh, and hearing the call and appreciate you and uh, everything that you do with this uh, crew. Here's to a busy weekend for us all. Thanks, John. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.